Welcome to the ICTA podcast, where we think together about unity and solidarity, or ICTA, on campus. In the ICTA podcast, we take time out to listen to students as they share their stories about what has made them feel powerful and powerless in their university journeys, and to hear their thoughts on practical steps that we can take to create more inclusive spaces at UFE. Let's learn differently together. ICTA. Welcome, my name is Victoria Surtees and I'm U of V's internationalization specialist and your host coming to you from the traditional territories of the Stolo peoples. So today we're going to delve into international student experience with Rajinder Singh. And Rajinder is a fourth year UFE student in computer information sciences. He's here to share all about his transition to UFE from Fraser Valley, India, which is located in Chandigarh at the border of the Punjab region in India. So Rajinder and I are going to share a few ways that people, and especially faculty and staff at UFE, can learn about and connect with students from India. And I think he's even going to teach us a little bit of Punjabi. So if you want to just skip to the highlights here, please do check the description below the podcast for a summary and some links to all the awesome resources that Rajinder and I are going to mention today in today's show. All right. Satsriya Kal, welcome. Satsriya Kal, how are you, Victoria? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so we, you and me, we've had some pretty good conversations yeah. in the last couple of weeks. And I'm excited to hear your stories. So, But we'll just start with the basics. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about Rajinder. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, my name is Rajinder Singh and I was born in New Delhi, India. So, grew up there. I did my schooling from there. And then after my high school, I went to UFA India, which is in Chandigarh. And I pursued computer information systems from there and I had plans to come to Canada for after my second year and continuing my studies here for the bachelor's program. Okay, so you said you're from New Delhi. So New Delhi is the capital of India, is that right? Yes, a capital of India, a really populous city. So yeah, I, I used to see a lot of people compared to what we see in Abbotsford. Uh, right in one day, I think uh, I, I was able to see the complete population of Abbotsford. No kidding. So I looked it up. There's actually 11 million people yes. um, in, in New Delhi, which is, I think, you know, close to the population of BC. Yes, yes. <laughs> so New Delhi is about 250 kilometers south of Chandigarh. Is that right? So still yes. in the north? Yes. Okay, so I know that you said that you transferred here. So um, for those that don't know, in 2006, UFV made a partnership with Goswami Ganesh Dutta Sanatam Dharma College. (laughs) Got it right? (laughs) Uh, Located in Chandigarh. So they had this partnership um, to offer programming to both, uh, that's delivered by both UFV instructors and Indian instructors with the idea that they would begin their education there and and then transfer here. that's correct. So it started with business, um, but it's expanded to computer information sciences as well as humanities. And so I had a look, and of the 1,200 or so international students at UFE, about 250 are actually from Fraser Valley, India. And so that's quite a lot. Um, So I think it's fair to say you're not totally alone here, which must be nice. Yes, uh, that's the part I loved about this transition, that uh, when we were coming uh, from UFA India, we had a couple of friends, which we made, uh, uh, like we made a bond together, like we were studying in the same similar class for like two years. So we knew the people whom we were coming with and coming to an entirely new country where you have no friends, you know no people. So I think... uh, Valley India can be a really uh, good place to start with. So <laughs> I had uh, I had planned that I'll take a one year gap, but that gap 
extended to around two years. Wow. So by the time I was just about to come here, my friends were like already about to graduate. <laughs> so I was like the people whom I was studying with, they are now starting their jobs and I'm still in school. <laughs> but yeah, they saved me from a lot of trouble because they were already settled here. They faced all the struggles uh, which I had to face when I had to come, when I was uh, would be the person who would be coming for the first time. So they saved me from a lot of trouble, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Always good to have friends and mentors, it sounds like. Yes. And yeah, they made a lot of fun of me because I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> like for what? Anything. Like the first driveway experience, I didn't know about the driveways at all. And my friends came to pick me up and they put a car in the driveway for Tim Hortons. And I had no idea. They stopped in the middle of it and there was this board on the side and they started talking. And it's like, oh my God, what's that? And it's like, this is drive through man. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows about drive throughs Well, apparently not. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, there but, you yeah, go. New experience. Mm-hmm. And of course, quarantine. You're referring to the fact that you had to quarantine for how many, how long when you arrived? Uh, so uh, I had to give like three COVID tests. Mm-hmm. So the first one was when I was coming here. And the second one uh, was on the airport. I had to uh, quarantine in a government approved hotel mm-hmm. when I just came in. Uh, and whenever the test arrives, you're allowed to go from that hotel and quarantine at your location for 14 days. Mm-hmm. So I almost quarantined myself for around uh, 15 days, you can say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, a really unique experience, you can say, coming to an entirely new country and being locked in a room. <laughs> so all, all I can see, I, I could see from the windows are the tall buildings and the place I want to just go and walk around, but I, I can't really go out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and so while you were in quarantine, I guess you probably had to organize a lot of things related to your UFE education, is that right? Yes, Uh, so since it was my ongoing semester, so I already had my assignments and everything due. So it's good that uh, I was like, uh, I was quarantined in the basement of where my friends were living. Mm -hmm. So I had access to Wi-Fi. Uh, Whenever I was bored, I used to just call them. Like, I, uh, I can't imagine if there would be some other person who is in quarantine. Uh, and who didn't had any friends in Canada, how difficult it would be for that person. Like, you can watch Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime for a limited time, but what what to do after that? So, yeah. Wow. So let's backtrack a little bit and talk a little bit about um, Chandigarh, because I think that people probably don't know very much about that place or what Mm -hmm. it's like. Um, So for those of you who might not know, just like me, um, what it's like in Chandigarh, I discovered a few facts. Um, So it has a population of just over a million. So it's not too different than Abbotsford in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I discovered that I thought this was so interesting. They have heritage trees in, in Chandigarh, and I'm not sure why I thought that was so amazing but apparently they protect old growth trees there um the government protects them which i thought was interesting and it was voted the happiest city in india in 2015 so um the instructors always tell me that fraser valley india students are amazing and resourceful and well prepared so i'm i'm interested in hearing uh, your take on fraser valley india what did you learn there what was the learning experience like and what's the city like it was a really clean city uh, with a really lot uh, less people compared to delhi uh, and it was a student city, so you uh, all you, uh, when you look around, you'll find all, uh, almost all students here coming from all over India to study there. About Fraser Valley, India. So on the first day, I still remember, uh, we were introduced to Canadian instructors, and they taught us about plagiarism, it academic integrity, so the basic concepts of Canadian education, which we had no idea about. 
I remember the first time like we were given a big article to write about and uh, some of the uh, some of us had like a habit of copying it from internet or like taking an idea from internet and just copying wasting a uh, copy and paste a few lines and not uh, pro- putting in proper reference and that's where the instructor caught us and they uh, explained us how we can like if you want to use some article you need to cite the reference if you want to like uh, use someone's material you have to put it into the reference with the right citation but yeah it was like really essential if we were coming to canada mm-hmm. so the classes there i would say uh, the course material is the same the course outlines we use are the same and uh, like it's exactly the scenario of what a canadian education looks like uh, in indian format you can say <laughs> But of course, uh, one big difference was here, of course, you need to have a job. And there, did, did you work while you were studying in Chandigarh? We were doing five courses per semester. Uh, we really didn't have any time to work. Uh, and we thought that it's so stressful. We are taking five courses. Uh, but like after coming here, we are taking four courses and working and doing all our stuff by ourselves. So I think this is more uh, challenging or uh, this is more like a, a more responsibility than we had in Chandigarh, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, and then, so how does I need to do all of that work impact your studies here? So sometimes, like, the part-time jobs we are doing are not exactly uh, aligned with the things we are studying, right? For example, if we are studying computer science, right, and you are doing a part-time job in a customer service or in a warehouse, that uh, doesn't really relate to what you are studying. So he was mentioning that, he, he was thinking that we are actually wasting our time, like, doing something we are not supposed to do in, during our studies, so I would say this is a little distraction like uh, during our education. We are working a different kind of a job and we are transitioning back into what we are studying. So I think that transition is a little difficult and a little challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course we know that one of the reasons that most international stu- students need to work is because tuition is anywhere between double and triple for international students, right? Yes, it's true. So yeah, sometimes I tell my tuition to international, uh, like to domestic students and they're like, whoa, <laughs> that's so high. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I know that there's some restrictions as well on the amount that you can work and where you can work as an international student. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. So uh, as an international student, if you're registered full time, so then only you are uh, allowed to work outside campus for only 20 hours. Mm-hmm. But on campus, uh, if you want to work, you are allowed to work uh, unlimited hours actually. But it's on the campus that uh, you will get a job. So it depends on the job you are doing on campus. Mm-hmm. But yes, you can work on campus for more than 20 hours. Mm. So this is the information like many of us didn't knew. And we got to know like after, uh, like my friends got to know after they came here. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> So in September, of course, you finally came back to in-person classes for the mm-hmm. first time in your four-year degree at UFV. You finally got to go to a UFV class in Abbotsford. And I remember you were saying that you, that was the first time you heard a territory acknowledgement. Honestly, like it's one of the jobs I do in which I uh, attend in-person classes. Right now, all my classes are still online. So, but yeah, uh, the job I'm doing currently is one of the classrooms which I'm handling. So as a lab monitor, so generally the in-person classes happen there. So that's when I heard the territory, uh, territory acknowledgement. It was strange because I didn't had any idea. I never heard it before. So I got to Google it a little and then I got to know, okay, this is the this is not our land. Uh, this is the land so the Stola people lived in. So yeah, we never did that uh, territory acknowledgement in India back, back then. So it was new for me. 
<laughs> Since you've arrived at UFE, tell me maybe one time you felt powerful and one time that you have felt powerless. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'll talk about the simple part of the registration. So in UFE India, we generally don't didn't have to go through the registration process because uh, our courses were already pre-selected. Our class was the same, and uh, we have the same set of people going through a similar class for the entire time. But after coming to UFE Canada, we had more freedom in selecting the professors. We want to study with the courses which we want to take for the per semester that we can plan out our studies about. For example, uh, if you don't want to study much in winter, you feel cold, or maybe I don't know, <laughs> you like to go out during the winter, you want to see the snow. You can take like uh, the courses which are less stressful, maybe a little easier than your core courses and, and that way I would say I, I felt a little powerful. I felt powerless in some ways uh, that sometimes we don't have the exact information that we need at hand. So I applied for my study permit myself so I had a really lot of questions and during the time it was COVID and no one was really there to uh, like answer me my questions. So, but I reached to different offices at UFE and I had to go through like multiple channels to get my answers to. So I think that's the part uh, I would say I feel a little powerless about. So speaking of immigration, I remember that you were, um, you were talking to me about COVID and about the fact that you had to make a decision really quickly um, yes. to come to UFE and yes. what that was like. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I was... Uh, like, I didn't expect my visa to arrive so quickly. I thought it would arrive a little late, but it arrived in the month of March, and I wasn't take, uh, I wasn't planning to take any summer courses. So when my visa arrived, if I had to, like, plan my coming to Canada, I had to plan in that very month. Otherwise, I would be, com uh, I would be like, sent back by the immigration. Like, there was no one to answer this question, actually, at that time. Even I tried to call IRCC, and they were not sure, like... They literally said that if you're not taking any summer courses, why would why would we allow you to come uh, to Canada? Mm. So there was no one to answer me that question. I had to directly call IRCC and confirm it with them. And still, I wasn't sure. Like even after call, calling IRCC, like it's it was about like my end of my semester. Like only three or four weeks were left. Mm. Like will they return me back from the airport? What would happen? Mm. So I had to make a really quick decision. Uh, so my visa arrived and within two weeks I was taking, uh, I took the, like the earliest flight possible so that I would just pack my stuff and just leave for Canada. Well, and of course you packed your bags and as, as we, we've discussed, you weren't quite sure when you would go back and you still haven't been back to India to visit your family since you arrived. Is that right? Yes. And I think it's a similar story for most of the international students. Uh, like, for example, uh, I came in the month of April last year, so I'm not planning to go. And right now I'm having some uh, co-op opportunities. So I really don't have time that I could just go and visit my family at this moment. And people generally, when they get time, is like after their studies. But after their studies, they have to apply for a work permit and they have to still stay for a little longer so that they could get their passport updated with a work permit visa. Mm -hmm. So... I think, yeah, this can be a little bit of a challenge for international students. Like, uh, don't, they don't exactly know when they're going to go back and visit their family. Well, and for their families, too. How does your mom feel about that? Oh, trust me, she calls me every day. <laughs> <laughs> that must be difficult with the, with the time change. How long is the time change to India? Uh, it's almost 12 hours. So if it's morning here, it's night there. Wow. So, yeah. So the time I generally talk to her, it's uh, their mornings and my nights around 11 p.m. at night. So, yeah, that's the best time that uh, I'm available 
and even if she is not available she tries to make herself available at that time wow yeah so that that family support is kind of tough isn't it it's hard tough to maintain when the time difference is so big yes yeah trust me like uh, i i generally scold me like why are you why are you not calling i said i'm busy <laughs> so yeah you can say that <laughs> Okay, so we've had uh, a lot of great discussions, I think. Um, and we've talked a lot about your, you know, experiences with transition and especially the challenges and uncertainties of immigration. Um, so perhaps now we can talk about, you know, what can, can international students do and what can faculty do to support um, international students? So did you know that there are over 215,000 international students from India studying in Canada? Wow. Yeah, it's a big number. So perhaps let's start with some advice for students and, you know, feel free in whatever language that you think those students need that advice in. Um, what would you tell a newly arrived international student? So if you want, I can tell them in Punjabi sure. or in Hindi. So I would say that when you come to the financial education the workshop, the new in Canada the workshop at the Hindi University, you attend it very so i would say that the financial education uh, workshop and the uh, new comers in canada workshop that generally happens at ufe when a new student arrives it's really important mm-hmm. because it introduces to really new concepts for example getting a debit or credit card in canada mm-hmm. uh, getting a job in canada so learning about the basic uh, identifications that we need here bcid sin number health insurance number mm-hmm. so generally people coming from india don't really know about that and it's a surprise for them like do we know or do we need those things so i think yeah that information is really important yeah and of course that's that's um if you think about them in their first semester trying to juggle all of their courses and do all of that at the same time if you've ever tried to renew your driver's license uh, you know how stressful it is yes. to make those appointments yes exactly Okay, um, so the next piece of advice then would be for staff and instructors. Um, thinking about, you know, them having so many students that are coming from India in their classes, what can they do to make those students feel welcome and to support their learning? Uh, so in India, generally, uh, we had instructors really in touch with us. I think that wasn't uh, quite possible due to COVID and stuff here. But I would say just connect with them, just talk with them, like how their journey is going, uh, because... people are coming in uh, come and die entirely new country they don't really know more about registration like i work in the advising right now as a work study so the goal right now we are like uh, trying to do is we are reaching out to as many students as possible to uh, encourage them to take advising appointments because it's really necessary for them to know what options they have and what uh, how they can plan their career to go in a better way Mm-hmm. and there are many things that students would know if they connect with their instructors so i would say just just have a conversation with them just try and like connect with them and share them your uh, what else they can do because uh, as right now i'm a fourth year student i got to know concepts like about plar yes plier learning assessment yeah, and it's, yeah it's, recognition yeah yeah so imagine you're coming uh, and you you know punjabi so you can uh, actually apply for some credits here it can save some of your tuition so i didn't knew that and uh, there are many things like that that you will uh, get to know when you connect with your professor mm-hmm. so i would say conversation is the best option that we can have more communication leads to more opportunities i would say here 
Yeah, and of course, we know that many international students are a little bit fearful, right? Because they're not sure how to approach their professors or or what's acceptable, how to go about that, um, how much they can ask, um, what the instructor might think of them, of course, because it's an entirely new place. So they, yes. they're just worried that they don't know the rules. So I think um, you're absolutely right. It's up to the instructors to take that first step, right? Yes, I would say that too. So I'll share my story about like, uh, I missed an exam mm. uh, when I was coming here. So uh, when I was transitioning here in Black, uh, if you use Blackboard sometimes, so when the exam date is up, so it'll, uh, it'll show up there as an exam pending. But uh, if you missed that exam, uh, that, uh, that notification will go entirely. I wasn't really able to focus uh, on my studies during that transition because it was really quick when I was coming here. But it was 15 days and then I realized after speaking to a friend that I, um, I missed an exam. So I reached out to the professor. I don't know how we would respond, uh, but I knew that I would lose a lot of money if I <laughs> if I failed in that exam because uh, my grade was coming as zero out of like the total midterm score. So I explained him my situation, and uh, he the instructor really arranged that exam for me that very day. So it was a really good gesture, I would say, from their side. And I would just say like to students, like reach them out, and I would encourage instructors to like talk to their students more and try to help them, support them, and yeah, I think that's all we need. (laughs) (laughs) Great, and one way to show, I think, that you're open to to that kind of discussion and to understanding students and who they are is to speak a little of their language, right? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, we are asking students all the time to learn new words and new terms and new concepts, so why not uh, learn a couple of words in another another language? Maybe we can can do that. So I'm hoping that today you can teach me uh, a little phrase in Punjabi. Would you be okay with that? Yes. So when you say yes, you, you say Hanji. Hanji. Hanji, yeah. <laughs> Rajinder. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Excellent. So perhaps you could teach me a little phrase that um, that maybe some instructors could use. So, yeah, generally people say, hi, how are you here? So you can say Hanji ki hal chal. Hanji ki hal chal. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, one more time for those who might need a second practice opportunity. <laughs> no, no, you did it right. So it's Hanji Kial Chal. Hanji Kial Chal. Yeah, so that's like, hey, how are you? Oh, Hanji Kial Chal. So yeah, so yeah, you can say that too. Like, uh, it'll, bite, it'll lighten up someone's day, trust me. Awesome. And so what would you say to instructors that are a little bit afraid of mispronouncing those words? Oh, you don't have to. <laughs> you, uh, if even you uh, like try it, the international students will really like, they will feel happy if someone is trying to even like uh, speak, uh, speak in their language, I would say. So you don't have to be afraid with that. Okay. Thank you so much to, for being with us today, Rajinder. I really just enjoyed our talk and our many talks, I should say, yeah. now. Um, so if you're interested in some more resources um, to review the Punjabi phrase we learned today or to review some information on um, international student issues um, or even some information about Chandigarh and what's going on over there, please refer to the resources be- below the podcast. And if you found today's episode useful or you have some ideas for a future episode, do feel free to reach out to me. Um, again, my name is Victoria Surtees and my email is victoria.surtees, that's S-U-R-T-E-E-S at ufv.ca. So thank you for joining us for this episode of ECTA. Thank you, Rajinder. Thank you so much, Victoria. <laughs> we'll see you next time. 
ICTA is hosted by UFE's Teaching and Learning Center and sponsored by UFE International. Music by Saint Soldier. No matter how long it takes us, no matter how much this world breaks us, may we live here in peace, live here as one from Bolivia to Greece, from India to Canada and everywhere between. Namaste to everyone I see. Namaste, I recognize that it's one. Namaste, and the suffering is done. Namaste, 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 Namaste,